Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Tub Hub. I'm your host, Corey Walton Markham, aka Bit Beefy. And if this is the first time that you're tuning into this podcast, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. In this podcast, we're obviously based in a bathtub. My guests are based in a bathtub, obviously not the same one as me. And we explore the word help. So I ask my guests, do they ask for help? When do they ask for help? How does helping make them feel? Has helping others affected their mental being, whether positively or negatively? And obviously, because of where we are in 2020, we can't not discuss the effects or the impact of COVID. And of course, we cannot not discuss George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, the protests and racism systematic in many of the industries that we work in. But I've rambled on for far too long. I'm going to welcome my awesome guest, a good friend of mine, Courtney. Are you there? Yes, Steve. How you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm good, brother. How are you, man? I'm well. I'm good. I'm good. Um, now, what would you like to be called during this show, so? Is it Courtney or should I refer to you as the Hitman? Um, for this, I think we're, we're going to go with, with Quartz. So we're going to go with Quartz. <laughs> Quartz. Yeah, man. Wicked. So, Courtney, I obviously know who you are and I know what you do, sir. Um, but could you tell our awesome listeners what it is that you do and how do we know each other? All right, uh, peeps, I am Courtney Fearon. I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Um, I teach group exercise and personal training um, to many uh, different uh, clientele. Based in London, I've uh, been in the industry for about 10 years now. Um, and yeah, man, it's something that I enjoy, something that I love. Um, yeah, and that, that is me currently in a nutshell. And is that how long you've been in the industry for, Courtney? Ten years? Yeah, ten years full-time in the industry. Mm. Um, prior to that, I was doing a whole host of other bits and bobs um, and slowly transitioned into to the world of fitness and found, found that thing that I've always loved. Um, but I took it as a, made a passion, a profession. Um, yeah, and that's how we've kind of come to know each other a little bit through, through movement, through running, through mutual friends, yeah. um, Track Mafia, um, through Nike, like, so we've uh, crossed paths on many occasions and um, it's, it's been a, a nice journey. Yes. Um, it's definitely been a nice journey and it's not done yet. Um, but you, you mentioned that you turn your, your passion into peace. How, like, how did you, when did you make that transition? As in, so you said that you've been working in the industry for, for 10 years. So how, like, how did you get into it? Um, you know, I've, always been, I've always been active. I've always been into sport, um, like, like during uni. Prior to that, through school, I was doing uh, track and field. We used to sprint um, to, to a pretty high standard. Um, some international bits and bobs. <laughs> Hello. Um, and then, anyway. um, and then... Do you know what? I kind of moved away from that, and that was via via injury, um, and you know maybe not rehabbing and having the support around at the time. 
uh, when I wasn't mature enough to, to deal with it myself um, and, and kind of stepped away from it and like, made excuses whatnot. Um, and then I went into the more corporate-y type world. Um, so I was doing like accounting, uh, funny enough. I'm doing accounting, I was an uh, accounts assistant. Um, for, you used to wear a tie, Gordon. Yeah, I used to wear a tie. <laughs> not, not, not happily. I, I, I used to put that tie on like at the, the final moment where I used, yeah. to, I used to travel to work at top buttons undone. Um, my shirt was definitely untucked. And then Raw. final moments where I tuck it in. The quick tuck. Yeah, the tuck and the, and the tie. And then I'd sit there happily. And then start to unravel it when it gets to about 5.25 to get out of the door. And then, so, like, did you get help? moving from the world of accounting and wearing ties to, to this beautiful fitness world. Not that the business world isn't beautiful, um, but, you know, it's, it's different things for different people. Yeah, do you know what? I, I did have help, I would say, but it was, I can notice that in hindsight, probably. Like, at the time, it didn't feel like help. And that was probably because I never made, like, a, there was no definitive moment where I said, do you know what? This is what I'm doing. I didn't have like a, a turning point, like a big sudden change where I mm. woke up one morning or there was an event or something happened and I was like, right, that is it. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm closing this spreadsheet. Never to be yeah, and I'm out until. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it was kind of, I was working and the job I was doing at the time when the transition started, I was um, covering somebody's maternity. Mm-hmm. And so I t- took on their full time, their full time position. Um, and that went on for just over a year. And then as they were starting to integrate back into their role, I had to do like a handover period. So I went down from, from five days to three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in the last little bits of my, my tenure at this position, I was teaching classes. I was actually teaching spin classes. I was, oh. on, that, I was on that bike, giving the people what they wanted. Um, <laughs> But I was doing that in the evenings or really early starts in the morning, then going to the office and then heading home. So when it moved down to three days, I just naturally started to take on a bit more cover, doing a few more classes here and there to, to sort of bridge the gap financially. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it went from three days to three half days and then I just did more of it. Um, and it was just like a smooth transition. And one day I realised, hold on a minute, you are working full time in fitness, and there was no like real, there was no real like moment. As I said before, it just kind of smoothly transitioned, um, and then it was like you know, um, I was getting requested to to work at different spaces, and you know during that oh, period, okay. yeah. So you know what I mean? It was when I started covering classes at other studios. It was like. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, could you come and cover this class in Liverpool Street? And I go to Liverpool Street, and you know, thankfully the people liked my vibe, liked what I was delivering at the time, and you know, then they would, you know, there'll be a bit of a buzz like, "Where's this guy coming back? Can we have him permanently?" Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So then I started having like these uh, these studio managers and general fitness managers like ringing off my line, basically like, "Oh, you know, do you want some permanent spots here? Do you want a permanent?" <laughs> and at first, it was a very like. I was in a very yes mindset. I was like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. And then I rolled with that for, for, for a few months, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe like a year plus actually. 
And then I had to sit down and look at my schedule and go, hold up a minute. You're yeah, doing, this is a lot. You're doing a lot of sessions. You're also not maximizing your time because you're doing a session in East London. Then you're, you know, then you're rushing over to West London to do one session and then you're back into Central. While yeah. I was like, I was spending most of my time traveling around London. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of set the... Uh, I don't know, it kind of set the groundwork. I got to meet yep. those different people from different environments, from mm-hmm. from Leighton to Hammersmith to to Oxford Circus, and it was just like a big mix of you know cultures and uh, people who were working from home and people who were working in the city and people who mm-hmm. were more uh, tech based, and it was it was nice to start to see that pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, see what I liked as well. I was teaching. I think I wasn't just teaching spin at this point. I was teaching kettlebell classes and boxing circuit classes um, and then I, I moved and started doing classes in, in another chain of gyms mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know like I know you asked about help and I think that there was a you know, me teaching my first class I'm going to tell you a quick story basically I was PTing someone I, was, I had a client um, mm-hmm. PTing her one of my uh, earliest clients her name's Malek she wouldn't mind me saying um, so I, I was training for her and we used to train outdoors. So we mm-hmm. outdoors and we used to do two sessions a week. Um, and one day it was pouring, absolutely pouring down with rain. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone listening, especially those in the UK, understand what that is like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with rain. And we had this moment where it was like, oh, are we really going to do this? I'm yeah. thinking, well, you know, this is, this is job, this is money, this is whatever she's thinking, this is gold, this is... What I want to do, but we'll both get this way. Like, nah. So, what she did actually, she said, Look, I'm a member of uh, this gym um, and I'm going to get you a guest pass. And on this one occasion, we're going to do our session in the gym. So, I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Fine. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Like, no PTs don't like that, right? Some outsider coming to do that. Yeah. Coming in and like, mashing up their space and they ain't paid no rent. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was like, You know, it's a one off, man. They won't know we are actually friends. And yeah. when I go to gym with my friends, I help them. Yeah, I help them. It's not, it's not a big deal. They don't know how to know that money was going to be exchanged. So that's what I thought anyway. So mm-hmm. we turn up, get my guest pass, we go into the gym, and we do our session. I had to do a bit more work um, in terms of actual physical activity than I wanted to to make it look a little bit more. You know, <laughs> what do you mean than you wanted to, bro? Yeah, because those are your resting. Yeah, because usually I'm like, yeah, do this, do that. You're like, looking at their form. <laughs> watching their form, checking them out, paying attention, and uh, and separating my training from, from theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, on this occasion, I had to kind of jump in, you know. And also, I don't, I don't want to embarrass myself, innit, when they're, they're putting in a shift and I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so we did some work. And I remember, like, this guy just coming up to us like he just straight up like this way this way you've got a lovely latent latent boy he came yeah. up to me was a excuse me but let me talk to you real quick i was like oh god um, right, what's uh, happened there then it has happened yeah he goes are you a pt very very stern look on his face hmm. i said yeah, yeah 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 i'm qualified but i'm not pt right now i'm just here with my mate i'm here with my brethren yeah. i'm here with my mate i'm here with my brethren um and he's like Mm, that's what I told these men. That's what I told these men. But all these you are upset that you're PTing in here. But I told them you weren't still. I'm like, oh. 
oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm on edge. Right, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm on edge, I'm on edge. I'm getting daggers all over the place. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, PTs, come on, you should be busy working, not having a look at me. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that happens. Um, my, my, uh, my client actually um, has obviously gone to this gym. I was doing spin classes at this gym regularly. Mm-hmm. And the spin instructor that she loves, a guy called Jules, basically said to her, oh, are you not doing the class at 9.30? Hmm. He was like, oh no, I'm just okay. He goes, come on, man, it's a nice, it's a fun man, it's good, man, come. No, 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 I was my friend. Both of you come, just come to the class, come to the class. Mm-hmm. I, jumped, I jumped into this class. This is, you know, we're talking 11, 12 years ago here. Mm-hmm. I, jump, I jump into the class, um, I join in, um, and I'm like, this is my second ever spin class in life. And that, the one prior to that was probably two, three years before that, mm-hmm. and it was not my thing my bum was hurting five minutes like, oh my God, what is this you know I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the uh the uh the older ladies next to me just absolutely crushing me i'm looking at people i'm thinking you know like i'm thinking i should be able to like do this of course i can you know i'm yeah. seeing varying ages and um mixed abilities and i'm thinking of course i can keep up and i'm absolutely dying yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay okay maybe maybe spin isn't uh, my thing yeah. Um, I'm in. I'm in the class. I, I absolutely love it. it sort of, obviously, the music was just on point. It just, mm-hmm. it just hit me, man. I was like, "This is wicked." I had that this kind of conversation with. Him. I was like, well, "You know, my last spin experience wasn't wasn't amazing, but I really enjoyed that." And he goes, "You were mm-hmm. good, man. This is only your second time." Do you know what? We're looking for a, a strong male instructor because guys don't think that they can teach spin. Guys shy away from it. They think it's yeah. more, you know, I want of a better one. They think it's more of a girly thing. You know, that's how it, how it was put to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, do you know what I could? He goes, yeah, I make a door for you. This is this this is where the help is. He mm-hmm. goes, I'll help you get your course, your your certificate, uh-huh. and then you promise to come and work for us. Oh, I was like, okay, cool. So kind of, you know, signed it still. Um, I went on a course maybe like three weeks later. Mm-hmm. Like a. a a workshop and then two like test days over the weekend. I did that with the YMCA actually um, in London, and then I started started teaching, started teaching spin, and then that was where the the class environment um, developed from. And I started doing, you know, moved away from doing boot camps in the park to then teaching, you know, in a facility. And then and how was that transition? It was it was um it was different because when you get a boot camp in the park those people have come to see you right <laughs> it's very very it's very, very uh, apparent you know yeah they've come to check you mate they've come to see you they, they like your vibe or their friends are uh, told them that you're amazing whatever when you are part of a membership package so when you're working in a, in a mainstream gym and these people mm-hmm. have paid their membership and you are supposedly a, a bonus you expect there to be less pressure you expect there to be well these guys are getting this as part of their you know it's not free but it's mm-hmm. included in their membership mm-hmm. um, so you think it's going to be less pressure but not all gyms are like that and uh, fitness first in Leighton definitely isn't like that those guys and girls are looking for the top level interaction and delivery every single time right so it i think that 
um, without them knowing, they really, really helped me. That, that group of people, um, mm. you know, obviously Jules, who, who started me on, my, on the journey, but that group of people, the members, literally, that, that was the deep end. That was a deep yeah, end. Yeah, straight in at the deep end. <laughs> straight in at the deep end, man. Like, there was no messing about. It was like, now, these are people that would not hesitate to give you feedback. And who, who means feedback at the end of the class? They'll be <laughs> in mid-track. I don't like this song. They go, next one. They don't care. It's like, Brilliant. yeah. And so are. how long were you there for, taking that? <laughs> I was taking that for, so at, at the beginning, it felt like I was taking it, right? But it was, you know, it challenged me. And then I luckily felt at home. I felt like I was one of the, a favorite and you know I think I was there for probably 18 months and mm. then the last bit of those 18 months I started to you know work at other places as well as and then, and, and then transitioned away from there but yeah you know after a while man after six months or so word gets around there started to be you know that buzz of there were cues for, for my classes you know like there was like this kind of oh no, these guys actually do like me now because that's not how it how it began I like, sort of yeah. yeah sort of stuck with it and uh we ended up you know they, they were they were sad to see me go and that that was quite refreshing i saw people you know really make some amazing changes in their in their physical and, and mental attitude towards movement and, and life in general and it's cool man in fact some of those people are still friends now okay and then, so do you pass these like these learnings, this knowledge on to to other people? As in, do you ever have people coming to you and asking you for help, whether it's in the industry for for work, for fitness, or anything else? Um, yes, yeah, so I'll start with the like fitness and work stuff. Like, yeah, I do get um, people close to me who who say, "Oh, do you know, I want to try this, or should I go here?" They ask for advice. Um, so they ask for help in, a, in an advice form mm-hmm. um, or maybe to check over like you know what I'm going for this audition this is what I've put together can you have a look mm-hmm. yeah yeah like that or do you think this works or um, can you tell me an exercise that works this or that, that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and then have like long standing clients who then say oh could you recommend a good pair of shoes or could you you know Where's a good, oh, what's this particular gym like? Is it good to go there? Or should I, how many times a week should I be strength training? So I get those like ad hoc um, hoc requests. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I do get like, I know the people I know, but I do also get like from strangers via the, you know, the, uh, via via social media. um, Or I get people like that will come to a class for the first time and hang around after and say, look, you know, I want to get into fitness or how do I get into here? Or I saw you were doing this, you know, what do you think of that? So mm-hmm. I, I do try and pass it on there. And um, I think like the, the, the story I just spoke about, about it being tough at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, like that's something that I've mentioned a few times to, the, to those that have asked for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is potentially a missing piece of a lot of people's puzzle at the moment. Or graft. Yeah, that initial graft, <laughs> the, 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 the tough work, the getting up 5am to travel, um, you know, travel halfway across London 
to, to, to do one class that wasn't, you know, wasn't at a very high rate of remuneration. Yeah. And, you know, and, and get to the end of the month and go, okay, cool, maybe I can buy a pair of trainers, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, the current industry, you know, the industry amazingly is growing so fast and there's different, um, like, revenue models and, you know, people are making a, a good living. Um, but I feel like, I, I feel privileged and blessed that I had to go through the, the hard work, you know? I guess it's not, um, I guess it's not the people that are coming into the industry now sport because they got to, you know, ride the wave as as it is here. But, you know, I'm I'm grateful that I had to go through that hard work. I think it taught me a lot. I think it shaped who who I am, who I want to be, who I want to service and you know, it's like uh, yeah, that's all. So what do you what do you what do you think of the, the industry at the moment? As in what what changes have been have been going on lately, um, whether that's due to, to COVID or not, and like has that affected or, or impacted you? Um, well, industry at the moment, I, I think the industry is just getting bigger. I think as for the most part, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, that is a great thing. If more people are moving, we're winning, right? And you will get people who complain about, oh, but they're not doing the right thing and they're doing too much of that and, oh, I don't like but this. But they're moving. They've, but they're moving. And I think it's, one, that's the first bit. Get them moving. And once they've made that habit, then we can start to talk about them moving in a better way or in a way that's more suited to them. But you can't talk about it. You know, it's already such a massive barrier for some people to even just put a just pair of shoes on just to start. And if you start adding in all this scientific blah blah blah, you can't do that. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Protein, fats, carbohydrates, blah blah. They're just like, you know what? Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Bro, <laughs> um, that's why people like vibersize because they're like, oh, okay. So what, what do I need? Spoons. Spoons in <laughs> exactly. a speaker. Safe. Exactly. I'm on it. And what is wrong with that? Like. It is, you know who you are servicing. You are servicing yep. the person that is going, uh, I don't really, uh, go on, go for it. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I've worked up a little sweat and I feel good. You know, yeah. that's weird. My t-shirt feels a little bit moist. Exactly. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Fair enough, you know, the best crossfitter in the world is gonna go, I'm not gonna pick up spoons. Yeah, <laughs> we'll pick up a barbell. That is cool, but don't have a go at the people that are picking up spoons because the people exactly. that are picking up spoons are not ready to be doing amraps and wads and emoms. You know, like, and I think that there's a weird, I don't know, and uh, is there almost like an elitist? Yeah, vibe? Um, and it's become like little clans. It's like. I'm a bodybuilder, I'm a strength trainer, I'm a powerlifter, I'm a crossfitter, I only do hit, I only do yoga. <laughs> I only do uh, hit. Yeah, these people are like turning their nose up at each other in, in some walks. And it's like, you know, there's still not enough people moving. So go and grab yeah. some of the people who are not moving, you know, like we're, we're all arguing over the, you know, the 15% of people who are actually working out. 
I mean, that's I, beautifully articulated. It's like not enough people are moving for the people who do move to be moaning about others moving. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like that does, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't know about yeah, I don't know about that. Why are you doing that? If people yes. aren't hurting themselves, yeah, then I'm 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 all for it. And I say that to people about running as well because there's there's always this. I guess, I wouldn't even call it a divide. It's more of a there's always a discussion about the difference between this category, that category, that type of running, that type of running. And I had a discussion the other day, and it was a really specific discussion. And at one point, I was like. Well, well, no, and so did my my friend. It's like no, like no one just does one thing anymore. There are very, very few people who just do road running or who only do CrossFit or who only like yeah. athletes are like by the name athletes nowadays, and loads of people are, are moving into different sports to help complement other sports. Um, so it's now not just people who play sport like getting into yoga to help them stretching it's like oh what other movement type can i get into that is fun yeah for sure and, and, and that's what it is i think we like it should be a massive like target at the people who are not moving we kind of sort of find out why they're not moving how do we make it easier for them to move do we make it cheaper do we make it more fun do we make it closer to their home whatever it may be and then once they get into it and they try a variety of things, they're going to find what, what works for them, you know? Um, you know, like, so I think that's, yeah, that's, that's what it's happening. And, uh, and that is one thing that I, one of the many things that I really love about what you do and how you inspire people to just, just get it going, man. There's no, there's not really any barriers to what you're offering. <laughs> Thank you. And just like, just, 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 let's just get going. Let's be going. Let's keep moving. Um, so as we're discussing the industry, what is it like? I'm just going to ask the question. What's it like being a black dude in industry? Like, have you been um, helped or hindered? Like, how's um, the world for you at the moment? I would say, if I'm totally honest, um, I think it has hindered me. Um, I've never allowed that to... To hinder you. Yes, I've never allowed it to settle in and really take up any space in my brain um, for more recent... If I rework this backwards, I would say in recent times I've been forced to think about it a bit more because of yeah. uh, the BLM movement, like stuff with George Floyd, etc. and it actually being Black History Month now I've thought about being black more often than I ever have. Yeah. Um, and when and it still caused me to look back at previous situations or environments, mm -hmm. and um, you know, like I'll, I'll take it back to even like later, like later things uh, first is, you know, predominantly uh, the, the the client base are, are people of color. Mm -hmm. yeah? um, and I felt comfortable. In that environment, mm -hmm. um, although when I was a newcomer, I, I, I was I was made to to know it, but I didn't <laughs> yeah. feel like that was because I was a, a, a black man. Um, as I started to move through um, to more 
more premium spaces, we'll call it, like uh, a higher price points, uh, more centrally located. I then did start to notice that. Um, I felt like there were times when I was uh, invited to events or, or asked to provide words or whatever it may be for magazines to sort of tick a box. Oh. Um, so I feel like there were, there were times when I was like, oh, hold on. Yeah, okay, I'm, okay I'll, go, I'll go to an event and I'm the one black guy there. I'm like, okay, these guys didn't want to appear racist, so they made sure I came. You know, so there was that sort of uh, feeling in, in, in certain situations. Sometimes it was totally, totally organic, felt natural, felt comfortable. And it's hard to, to put your finger on it. But I would actually go out there and say, as a black person in the UK, mm-hmm. there's like a little nuance and you know when things are genuine or not. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. exactly what it is. You might be able to back me up The spidey that. sense tingles, man. Yeah, the spidey sense just goes, mm, you know, whatever. But then there, there were times when I'd like, I'll take that and run with it. I'd be like, okay, yes. you just invite me because I'm black. I'm going to show you what black is. And yeah. I would like turn up right, in, my, in, my, uh, in my black best, you know? Um, yeah. And that was kind of, that was kind of a theme, especially as the boutique industry started to, to progress and as people started to uh, pay more for classes, expect mm-hmm. more from the trainers. But like, you know, I, I really had to show up and, um, yeah, I, you know, I felt like the UK was a lot more advanced in terms of its inclusion um, than it actually is. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of the um, recent events and comments and discussions I've had, um, I don't know if I'm just really naive, but that's just mind-blowing, I was like, whoa, 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 like, you know. I, you know, we're, we're in 2020, maybe mentally, I was like, you know what, man, we're probably still in 2010. But I've now looked at it, I'm like, wait, wait, we're in 1945. Like, yeah. you know, so it's been a bit of a surprise. Um, I'm not surprised at the same time. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taken aback by it. And then after that, I'm like, actually, you know, I'm not too, too shocked, if that makes sense. I'm shocked and not shocked at the same time. Um, and yeah, so I've kind of, you know, noticed that there is a definite, um, I think that I've been noticing a lot is a space for a, what the industry or what the, the powers that be would deem a black man, mm-hmm. right, in the industry is a, it's a weird, it's a weird place to be right now. Uh, Hold on, sorry, say that again. So I, being I would say a, being a strong black male in industry at the moment is a strange place to be. Yeah, I feel so. I feel like it's. Um, I don't know. There's this kind of this tone of 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 aggression. Maybe there's this tone of my role is to be cool. My role isn't to be smart. My role isn't to be inspirational or educational. It is to be, you know, the cool guy who's going to play cool music and do cool stuff. So it's like, it's like I've become a, the cool puppet for, for certain things. Um, 
And I remember, I remember you know, I, I had these little check-ins with myself. I'm like, is this just in my head? Are you making it up? Is it your own, um, like, self-reflections that are, are making you feel like you're being treated like that? So I had these conversations. I don't just blindly just go, yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm, I kind of feel like um, there's this kind of role that I'm almost being asked to play without being asked. But then the role that you believe that you're being asked to play, yeah. if that is not your natural role, then is there a pushback or as in from yourself, or is it that you think you're slowly but surely like slipping into the 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 round <laughs> the round hole really? No, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I, to, to be honest, I feel like I, I don't. I just be myself. And if uh-huh. on if on Monday that happens to be cool, and on Tuesday that happens to be, you know, uh, I want to be the source of some knowledge, or I want to, mm-hmm. like, I just kind of be be who I am and just try to be myself, mm-hmm. um, for the most part. Um, and again, luckily, I'm, you know, via. I don't know, a bit of luck and some decisions and how you know knowledge and how I am you know how it's some of my this work I've done has landed mm-hmm. um, I'm in a position where I don't have to do anything so I I kind of take comfort in knowing that I can I can say no I can say no to things I can try and do things my way if mm-hmm. if you know if it permits um, you know, I can, I'm, I'm able to ask those questions, but it's just the stuff like um, I don't know. If I was trying to give an example, it would be something like, "Okay, can you do this event for us? It's on Saturday." Blah blah. blah. Okay, I, I turn up. We've got a DJ who's created the playlist, and then the music like that DJ then decides to play for my workout. I'm like, "How did you? Where did you? Where did you get this music from?" You know, how did you decide that this was the music that I wanted to listen to? You know, we didn't collab on this or, you know, or there's little, there's minor things that get said that like, oh yeah, there's this really cool event in, in, uh, in Peckham. I think you'd be great for it. I was like, <laughs> you know, we're like, Are you oh. saying that you wouldn't be great <laughs> for the event in Peckham, Courtney? Yeah, of course I'd be great for the event in Peckham. But that doesn't mean that I would But they're rude to presume that you would be. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want, but what about what would I not be perfect for the event in 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 Hampstead or you know, like where do you kind of you know do, do decisions? Um and you know, I, I might be like jumping back and forth here but there's something that's kind of just popped back into my head is that there were moments during lockdown and when I was thinking about uh, career changes and direction and who I wanted to service and who like what I wanted the fitness industry to look like five years Mm -hmm. from now Mm -hmm. and like it kind of led me to like some deeper thoughts and I'd go like down this rabbit hole of of you know, oh, this is that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I will say that there are we going back to your your blackness and hindrance, etc. Mm-hmm. There were times when I would look at my peers mm-hmm. and know one hundred percent that some of the stuff that they get away with mm-hmm. 
in in their cross delivery, maybe things they say, maybe um, their lack of professionalism in terms of maybe programming, you know, a whole host of, of things, or like whatever it may be. We wouldn't, if I was to do the same things, have the same like structure, if we had the same like output, we would not be sitting at the same table as we are currently. Mm -hmm. Like, so I felt like I had to, I feel like I have to do a lot more to get to the same level as some of my white male counterparts. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if, so that was definitely something that like was, was like clear as day. And again, like I said, I, I never really gave this much headspace during, during my career. Yeah. Um, but I think during lockdown, more time to think, people are like, I think everyone had a bit more, you know, got a bit more depth into what their future looks like, uh, maybe based a bit on what the past was saying. And yeah, I, I had these, these moments where I was like, actually, do you know what? I could never have done that. I could never say that. I could never turn up late three days in a row and just say, oh, sorry, man. Cool, man, sorry. <laughs> like, sorry. Um, and where, where did you go in your head with regards to thinking about a career change? Um, do you know what? So career change, it wasn't necessarily a, a change from the industry. It was more a change in how I... I package myself, uh -huh. how I make myself more accessible, mm -hmm. and uh, to be totally honest, which which brands and people and communities I I kind of associate with. Mm -hmm. um, so it came down to like to you know it stopped being a, a financial thing fully. It's never it's never really been the, the biggest driver of, of any of my decisions anyway, mm -hmm. but. I would say that I've started to think about, you know, what is this company aiming for? What are they trying mm -hmm. to do? No, none of them are perfect. Like I'll say that, like nobody, no company, no is perfect. But is there is their ethos, is their heart in the right place, and are they trying to do the right things? And when they get it wrong, will they say, do you know what? Maybe wrong. that was a bit wrong let's try and do this because that's what we're all doing right we're all on this kind of journey to the best we can be and we're gonna we're gonna slip up on the way i guess people are very um i guess the, the more influential you are or the bigger your brand is you know those slip-ups start to look like mountains you know they they you know they, it's all amplified mm -hmm. um, but ultimately everyone's gonna make little mistakes it's just how you respond to those mistakes and what your actual core essence is like and i guess it comes back to as you put it that the spidey senses tingle yeah. and you know if that company is about it or not um and, and then yes you mentioned you mentioned that you you have a feeling or you know that you wouldn't be able to to get away with with certain things as a black male um, now, have you ever broached this? Have you had uh, a discussion with with any of your 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 white counterparts about things like this 
as in whilst everyone um, was was out and about educating themselves becoming stronger allies reading books <laughs> like was there any open discussion or, or open debate um do you know what there, there was there was some um some debate some discussion but not directly about that topic um i did have a discussion about um <clears throat> like outside of london right? because again we me personally i speak for myself i feel like london is such a diverse city i imagine that people who lived in london mm-hmm. would be diverse thinkers numbers <laughs> um, i'm like whoa, everybody whoa, 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 whoa. you guys are actually mad like it's yes. crazy um and i was getting a lot of i understand but what this but that you're about to say okay cool go on i'm listening and then i just have to you know keep quiet listen to their point of view in the same way that i want them to listen to me and mm-hmm. get to the end and be like what are you are you did you know what you just said like, <laughs> like we're, we're debating some really whether really, or not black lives matter <laughs> some really obvious uh, basic bits so i'm like okay um okay all right cool um and i i, I really appreciated those conversations because mm-hmm. my my friends who like european black whoever whatever but the real like the european british people white people when they spoke to me about it i took massive pride and respect in that that they felt comfortable enough to say to say kind of where they were at to ask questions and, mm-hmm. and and it was you know it was nice i kind of reserved that for the people i already know and love because yep. it did get tiring yeah to go oh, okay here we go again because i i seem to, to be everyone's one black friend all of a sudden hey questions hey hey how are you doing i hope you don't mind i was getting instagram yeah bear it out i'd um, love i'd love a, i'd love a zoom call if you yeah. can help educate me on black people um yeah yeah i should have i should have created a course man and started charging because it was crazy dude that's what many people were doing many people yeah. were, were creating assets for for further learning around black yeah. people which is like just think about that sentence like just just rewind on what i just said and and tell me how ridiculous is that you need an asset to to to, to educate yourself on why a black life matters like just let's say that again you need an asset or a leaflet in 2020 or like a a, a, a 10 swipe carousel to to educate you on why black lives matter yeah and, and you know why you shouldn't say certain things and what's funny on top of that is that that same 10 swipe carousel you'll get you'll get to the bottom or you read all 10 and then you'll hit read comments Oh my goodness! And it's like, yeah, but you don't want slide seven. Oh my god, just it's just wild. <laughs> it's like uh, it's genuinely wild. As in, like I read some of the comments um, because not too dissimilar to yourself. Um, I know I'm black. I know I'm a black man, and I know I intimidate some people for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. But not too dissimilar to yourself. Prior to to this year i just got on with my blackness yeah like i never i never thought to myself 
Oh, I know, that's a lie. Of course, I thought to myself, there were many occasions where I thought to myself, yeah, that happened because I'm black. And there's no other reason that any of you here or anyone anywhere else can give me that isn't that reason. But that's cool. I'm going to swallow it and we'll move on. We all did that for years. And the reason why we did it is if you let that shit enter into your headspace on a day-to-day basis, that's the thing that grinds you down or that's the thing that builds you up. Yeah. And like, that's, that's why it was, it, was, it was weird. Like it was a hard place to be in because it meant you had to, to think about things and talk about things that you, you hadn't addressed before. You just kind of got on with it. Um, yeah, man, totally. And, and now, like, it's nice to see that people are just out here talking about it. But then at the same time, it is quite saddening, as we've, we, we just mentioned, that in 2020, some people think in this p- particular way. And also some people are, are real comfortable with, with thinking that way. As in, I'm not saying people should be uncomfortable with thinking a, a particular way, but like just read some of those comments and it's like where has this where has this misinformation miseducation and hate come from like you you're not born hating or despising people but for some strange reason you hate people because they look a particular way and that that baffles me because no, at no point have I ever woken up or at no point have I ever looked at anyone and said, I hate them, but before they open their mouth. Yeah, do you know, like, even to, that, that doesn't even register. Like, I know it's very, very simple, as you just said, but you're like, wait, that's, that's, that's what they're doing. They're just going, yeah. I don't like him. <laughs> because, just because. Like, that, that's a weird place to be. Like, you have to ask yourself, how can you allow that to be to be a thing how can you yeah. but you know um but yeah uh what did i see yesterday i think a couple of days ago um sainsbury's were like you know you know we support black history month and blah blah, blah and our our diverse customers and our diverse staff base blah, blah. and i read the comments i don't know why i did this but i must have had time <laughs> like, i read the comments and i was like what yeah. The amount of people that were like, that is it. What about your white customers? Excuse me. Yeah. He, the word diverse and inclusive is exactly what it says. That word does now not mean blacks only. Yeah. It means diverse. Yeah. So difference. And inclusive. Everyone is welcome. So yeah. if you read everyone is welcome and you're upset about it, you have a real, real problem. Yeah. Like... There were people like that. Is it? I am never, ever, ever shopping in Sainsbury's again. I'm gonna. One one woman wrote, like I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but she said something along the lines of, "That is it. I'm gonna drive a couple of miles extra down the road to go to Morrison's." <laughs> and because you're not gonna because they don't support black penny. people. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're not gonna get one more penny out of me. Same as we responded with bye. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank, thank, thanks for that. Yeah, okay, see you later. Um, it was absolutely atrocious. I was like, yeah, thank God. I'm probably same reason now the safest place to be. 
Because they're not here. I was like, this is wild. Now, what do you think needs to be done to change all of this, to make it better, to make it what it um, should be? I, I think, um, I, don't, I don't have all the answers. Is the, of course the not. I know you've got one though. <laughs> I think, I think in a crazy way, this, this is it. This is what needs to happen. I don't think this is, it's, I think that the, where it needs to be is a long way away, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but as with a lot of things, sometimes it has to get a bit worse before it gets a bit better. Yep. Um, so these are some testing times emotionally um, for, for people or just just having lockdown as one and global pandemics and family members being unwell, et cetera, et cetera. And then on top of that, for the, for the, for the whole community actually, dealing with the, you know, the, the BLM movement has, has added a new angle of, of, of intensity to, to everyone's thoughts and whatnot. Um, so I think that that alone, people starting to ask themselves some questions, starting mm-hmm. to get out of the, that, that comfort of, of not talking about things that are important. Mm-hmm. I think that we, we, I think, you know, 2020 has probably altered a lot of people into a, um, to a much braver society conversationally anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and a more critically thinking, ready to take on uh, criticism, ready to be questioned and challenged in, in both directions. And I think that, that as a whole will help everyone just move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to be a short-term solution, but I think more of these conversations, more understanding um, I feel like we need to, as a as a community, as a black community, we need to know that like a seed's been planted, mm-hmm. and then kind of keep the work going. But also, we got to this point because of what we were doing before, whether we know yeah. it or not. And um, so we spoke about. Um, we, we both said that you know we go through. Days where we're just like, oh, do you know, what? I'm not going to allow my blackness to, to interfere with what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I think and that's that, a terrible, terrible thing to have to tell yourself. Yeah, it is right. Um, but that is probably. But, but your blackness is the strength. <laughs> that's yeah. the reason why you have the yeah. strength to tell exactly. yourself that my blackness is not going to hinder me today. Exactly. Exactly. So it's my circle. So I feel like having those thoughts and having the strength to go, do you know what? It's not fair, but I'm going to crack on mm-hmm. is something that we need to keep. So I kind of have this, um, I don't want like this little, uh, this little uprising mm-hmm. to kind of unravel what has already been done. Because there mm-hmm. seems to be like a tone that nothing was happening before. Now all of a sudden yeah. it's happening. Yeah. And, like, it, and if you're not was, doing it that way, you're not doing it at all. Yes, but we what was <laughs> we've been doing already, this thing. We've been doing it. We've been in the shadows and in the bushes building bridges, mate. Yes, and now you're crossing the bridges. You're like, yeah, this bridge saved everything. No, 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 no. 
you don't know how the bridge got there. You don't know that. <laughs> you know, us, but then I think you know, that's that's a problem. No one should care about who built the bridge. Let's let's just keep building it. Bring your wood. There you that's go. What I'm gonna call this. Just bring, just shut <laughs> up and bring your wood. Bring the wood. Do the work. Let's get going, man. But do you feel like? Do you kind of know what I'm saying? Because I feel like the people will be like, okay, we've built a bridge, we've got to this point, there's a mini uprising, okay, let's focus on, let's have a battle on this bridge, but we need to keep building more bridges, we kind of need to still get on with the work, still do what we're doing, still bridge those gaps, um, pardon the pun, um, (laughs) and, and still make things, you know, still know we're black get the moving for that change know that that's what that's at the bottom of our heart and what we need for for our community and then ultimately it's just going to make a better world full stop Mm. um and you know don't let it throw us off don't let this you know this is this is just a small small part of the mission like Mm -hmm. these conversations we're having whatever it's amazing but it's just a small part we need to keep. We're not done yet. We're not done, man. Just it's just getting started, man. We need to keep the work going. Look, look at there was a civil rights movement. There were, you know, we've we've had this before. We've had things of bigger magnitude than this, and we can't say that those things didn't help. Those yep. things were before us. Mm-hmm. They got us, you know. They they pushed us forward a little bit. And then we continue doing the work and then we have another little push forward and we just got to keep it plugging, man, because there's probably going to be, this is going to happen again in 50 years time, 100 years time. But eventually, as long as we're moving forward, we'll, you know, one step at a time, we'll get there eventually, man. Mm. Now, how, how is all of this and how is helping others how is receiving help? Like, how does all of this affect your your mental well-being, Courtney? Um, Have you managed to find balance? Uh, generally, yes. Prior, prior to lockdown, I felt I felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was felt felt balanced. Um, maybe I wasn't one hundred percent balanced. Maybe I was comfortable in in the imbalance comfortable in the routine what yes. felt like normal mm-hmm. um comfortable in the chaos mate <laughs> yeah there you go there you go um i think again during you know lockdown um yeah again just just touching back on you know i had like a lot of conversations i was talking about the the trials and tribulations a lot um, to to colleagues, black colleagues, white colleagues. I was talking to my parents about it, and oh, I don't think this, they think that. And a lot of the same subject matter was being repeated, and then it was mm-hmm. like someone else asked questions, and then somebody would be telling me about. I had a conversation with my dad, and oh, you know, but maybe this, maybe that, and then I started to realize, hold on a minute, man, I am, I am fully engulfed here, man. I'm like, yeah. I am. It fully in the mix, and I couldn't put my phone down. Yeah. I was like, what's been said? Who said what? Why they said that? <laughs> like it, like fists. I was putting fists everywhere. I'm like, yeah, come on, yes. It was, it was, 
a whirlwind. I was mm. like just soaking, and I, I became like a uh, what's the word? I, I became like addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though I know it wasn't making me feel good, I, I felt like if I put my phone down, I mm. wasn't I wasn't being helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I weren't talking about it, or I weren't liking or sharing or whether I wasn't, um, I wasn't being supportive or being helpful. And then it took me a couple of, like, probably two weeks of mm-hmm. relentless action to yes. go, oh, I need to put this phone face down on airplane yeah. mode for a couple of hours, because right? I need to chill. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's that. And, but, but away from um, lockdown, so pre, pre-COVID times, I feel like, um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not great at asking for help. People have definitely helped me, mm-hmm. um, but those are those will generally be the people who are, are good helpers, who who go out of their way to help or mm-hmm. or do it without realizing. Um, they will say something. They'll pop up at the right time with words of encouragement or a joke or something that can help you know, drive a bit of motivation or help you clear your thoughts and make good decisions and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of asking for help, like, hey, could you help me with that? It's something that I've, I've always struggled with. Um, and it's not, it's, not, it's not a pride thing. It's just, um, it's just not. I think it's kind of like how I was, I think it was a childhood thing. Like, so mm-hmm. I was, um, so I grew up in a single parent household, right? But mm-hmm. I grew up with my dad, mm-hmm. which to a lot, a lot of people are like, oh, okay, that's kind of different, right? <laughs> it's um, kind of different. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I also love that as well. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that, that used to be a normal question, you know? That, yeah. that, there was a time that was a question. What? Yep. Anyway, and I'd be like, no, 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 no they're not. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you just live with your mom? No, I live with my dad. <gasps> what? Yeah, shock. What? Yeah, anyway, that's, that's a whole other story. But yeah, so like, I lived with my dad from the age of five until 18 when I went to, uh, went to uni. And mm-hmm. uh, just by the nature of him, how he is, um, how my mum is also, mm-hmm. I've always been very independent. Like, yeah. it's like, do so like, um done with it. My dad works like a trooper, like up early, you know. So I, I had door keys at the age of 11. I hope that's not illegal, but I had door keys early. <laughs> um, and I was, you know, maybe it was a bit younger than that, but let's just, just, be, just to be safe, we'll say 11. Um, and I was, you know, making my way to, to school on my own, like getting home. I, I had to learn to make food for myself. Mm. I was managing my own pocket money because I was like, right, this is what you're gonna need for the week. Do you know what I mean? I, I, he would bun it out, you bun it out. Yeah, if you bun it, if it's, if it's finished and you have to walk to the school, that's your business. <laughs> I, was like, I knew, man, them times bus passes were four pounds for the week. What? Ah, oh, the good days. Anyway, um, so I had, I'd get my bus pass and I'd share out my money for the week and I'd know what was going on. and. I'd get home and I, would, I was ironing, I was cleaning, I was doing all these things from a very young age. And I think mm. um, it was only when, you know, I had my first proper girlfriend as an adult 
Mm. Um, and I was, she was like, yeah, you know, she wanted to like look after me a little bit. Like, oh, mm. I leave. you know, you, you, if you're staying over, you can like wash your clothes here. And I was like, no, 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 that's cool. I'll take, I'll take my stuff home. I don't have to wash my clothes. I want to separate them properly. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was only when like, she kind of said like, yo, like you don't, you do not allow me to do anything for you. Yeah. You want to cook for yourself and do this, you know, all that. Then I kind of was like, oh yeah, that's, that's just been my normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've realized that that's kind of just followed through. Yeah. You know, like, I don't like asking for, I was never that person. I was like, yo, come man, pick me up. Can you take me here? Can, oh, who's driving? You're going to drive. I'd always drive myself, even if someone else was driving. I'd, I'd yeah. drive. I would always, you know, I would always. independent. Yeah, and it was just natural, and it wasn't a pride thing. It wasn't a, you know, a, like a lonesome. I want to be on my own vibe. It just was the natural thing that always happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been trying to almost force myself recently to mm-hmm. ask for help. Yeah. To go, oh, could you tell me what that is, or could you help me with that, or could you help me how to plan this? Um, and what and made then, you change like that? Um, I. Yeah, just I think it was just a sort of a realization that it's not it's not a crime and people won't see it as a burden. People who care for you, people who love you, will not see it as a burden if you ask for some advice or ask mm-hmm. for help. Um, I guess I didn't. Yeah, and I think that that kind of came into it as well. I never wanted people to feel like they had to help because I asked. Yeah. Um, you know, and I and I always just felt like I was the, the helper and should never be the helpy. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, I'll, I'll do it. No, I'll do this for you, I'll do that for you, yeah. And I, I didn't, you know, I, I never resented it at all. I never, you know, it was only it's recent times that I've even noticed that um, I've almost forced a one-sided help really situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you but think now, that that has, do you think that has hindered you in any way? As in, so what I mean is, are there ever situations where really and truly you should ask for help, but because of, as you said, it's not pride, it's just how you're built. Do you think that that, that I'll just do it by myself has has prevented things or situations or whatever it is from yeah. from from going further? Or do you think that you're good? Um, no, I think no, I think that um, it probably has um, put a pause on certain opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think there's definitely there's definitely things that have been slower because I've decided to just do it on my own, or maybe even stuff that hasn't happened full stop like little projects that I've wanted to do or whatever, oh, I'll do it myself, I'll do this, I'll do that. Um, and it's also like, you know, asking for a recommendation or how does that work or who do I speak to about this? Mm-hmm. Even those sort of conversations, I, I kind of never really have them. Yeah. Um, and I, as I said, though, I'm trying to a little bit more, when the thought comes in, I try not to talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. Kind of say, yeah, but the, the, you know, really, the worst that can happen is, uh, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. Yeah. 
And that is a beautiful way to close. The worst <laughs> thing that can happen is, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. And that's that. Um, do you have a question for me, Courtney? Thank you for joining me, man. This has been beautiful. Oh, no, pleasure, man. I, I appreciate being, being on. Like, I was going to turn the tap on because this, this water is not as hot as it. Yeah, no, so that's, that's, <laughs> this is why it's the last question time now. The water's freezing. <laughs> yeah, my, and my fingers are kind of wrinkly. Yeah. But, um, uh, question for you. Um, in, how does 2021 look in your brain? Um, do you know what? 2021 in my brain is still fried. As in, it's still it's still just as fried as 2020. There's there's just an, an opportunity to add to add sauce to it, and yes. in 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 I guess to break that statement down for people who don't have weird brains like me, like 2020, no one was prepared for this. No one has ever dealt with a year and experience like this. Like I've had this discussion with so many people, not about 2021 but more a case of this is the first time in many, many people's lifetimes, well, most people's lifetimes, that everyone is going through near on exactly the same thing, like we're in the middle of a pandemic. So for me to, to, to try and plan 2021 or even say what it looks like, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be lying or making stuff up. But what I will say is how it looks for me is I'm just going to keep moving and I'm going to keep <laughs> creating nonsense. I'm going to keep pivoting. I'm going to keep trying to keep people moving. Like I've stumbled upon things this year that I would never have stumbled upon had we not been in the middle of a pandemic. I would never have started this podcast in a bathtub in, in normal everyday times. Never. Yeah. I would never have, have picked up um, an umbrella and started swinging it around. I would never have snatched like a fold-up chair or, or a wooden chair. Viber size wouldn't have happened. Like all of these things that have just happened because of like the, the world is in a terrible place. Like I'm, like I'm, in a, I'm in the same place, but I'm in a different place. Yeah, um, and that for me is what 2021 looks like. It's, it's continued growth. Um, and if, if I have to, not even if I have to, we all have to. We all, we, we all have to pivot. We know full well something different is going to happen between now and 2022. So it's just being in a position to, to be there for it, to like work with it, work for it, stay ahead of it like lead by example, like continue to motivate, continue to in, inspire people by my foolishness. That for me is that's what, beautiful, man. that's what 2021 looks like to me. Like yes, we can't, yes. we can't plan for that. It's like when, more, more, more foolishness. That's yeah. it. Reminding of a, a tiny little quote from, from our good friend, Jocelyn. Yes, Auntie Joss. Uh, I love that woman. But she said, um, finding success in the struggles. Yeah, I love that. Success in the struggles, man. That's, yeah. that's what it's about. I love that, man. Um, and, and that is not us being insensitive to, to people who 
are really, really struggling. Um, mm -hmm. Like we are all doing the best that we can um, and we will continue to do so. Right. So, Mr. Courtney, sir, thank you very much for joining me in the tub, um, in your own tub. <laughs> um, where can people find you? Um, you can grab me, have a chat on uh, Instagram. Um, it is at Courtney Fearing with an underscore at the end. Um, you type in the hitman, and that is T H E H I I T M A N. So hit is in high intensity interval training. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we cool, man. Courtney, thank you very much. Um, oh, the pleasure has been all mine. Boop. Ladies, gentlemen, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in. You have been listening to The Tub Hub. But I, my friends, will see you in final thoughts. So here we are. We are back, back in final thoughts. Thank you so much for tuning into that episode of the Tub Hub. Thank you very much to my amazing guest, Courtney Ferron, aka The Hitman, for joining me in his tub. And as always, thank you for being so open and honest. Now, there are a number of things that stuck out to me after re-listening to this podcast but one of the main things that keeps coming back in my head is what Courtney said about diversity and inclusivity why is it that some people believe that because we're now talking about diversity and inclusivity it means that they are not included or they're not invited or they have been forgotten just think about that for a minute. Does that make any sense? Like in the description itself, would it not suggest that you are invited? And how can you be uninvited from a party that you're already at, that you run? It's your party. Makes no sense. You are the majority. So how could you be forgotten? Or is the concern not that you are forgotten, but more you have to give up a piece of your pie that you may not be willing to share? Just thoughts. I also found it awesome. And another example of people just following their hearts and following their passions. Courtney, like many of the guests that I've had in the tub, on the show, he was working in a place or an environment that he wasn't 100% into, wasn't 100% committed to. Of course, he was committed while he was there, but not committed to the long term. He was passionate about the gym, passionate about working out, passionate about people and fitness and just followed his heart and look at where he is now. I'm not saying that this is the Kinesis. The, the <laughs> I'm not saying that this is the, the case 
or how it works for everybody. But I do think that there is definitely something in following your passion to a place whereby it's that that feeds and fulfills you, not just physically and mentally, but financially. Follow your passion. It was also really, really interesting what he said about from time to time feeling like a puppet in a system that is supposed to behave in a particular way or act in a particular way, do particular things. And to be honest with you, I think we're all puppets to a certain extent. What do you think? Final thoughts.